My Seven Chakras, Episode 24. Come to the edge, he said. They said, we are afraid. Come to the edge, he said. They came, he pushed them, and they flew. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. So what's up, listeners? You are listening to My 7 Chakras, AJ here. And I'm excited to bring you our featured guest today, Eric Luzak. Eric, are you ready to inspire? Yes. Awesome. The person who moves mountains begins by carrying away small stones. This is the quote that is displayed on the landing page of his website. Mr. Eric Luzak, a spiritual life coach, helps people live a more heart-centered life and tap into their own intuition and unleash their inner clarity. So Eric, I've given our listeners a mini introduction. So why don't you take about a minute to tell us more about yourself? Okay, I started my journey into spirituality at a very, very young age. The moment I was in church at the the front pew, and and, uh, I started just to kind of question things, and I kind of left my body and kind of listened to a voice that I heard that kind of wasn't my own, and came back and, and, and that was the start of my journey onto just kind of really pushing myself out there and kind of a very, very spiritual, you know, place that I went into Buddhism and Eastern religion and I've been to retreats and it was just a constant yearning to kind of learn, to grow, to just kind of understand things in a different way. Uh, I just knew there was something more out there. And so my life, you know, to this moment is culminated with just constantly learning and growing. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Now, one of our guests recently shared that words are powerful because within each word is a spelling and within each spelling is a spell. In other words, we need to carefully choose our choice of words and thoughts. So in order to lay the foundation of today's wonderful conversation that we're going to have, we will begin the show with an inspirational quote. So Eric, what is your favorite inspirational quote and give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life okay this quote i love this quote it's giam apollinaire i hope i'm saying it right it is goes like this come to the edge he said they said we are afraid come to the edge he said they came he pushed them and they flew and to me because i'm i'm a life coach this is the essence of life coaching because we are all of afraid to step out of our comfort zone. And what a life coach does is kind of shine the light into the dark corners and the crevices and and helps people step out of that comfort zone. And one of the fears of stepping out of the comfort zone is that what's going to happen? Oh my God. What happens is your wings come out and you fly. So to me, this embodies that whole kind of step that you take when you kind of push yourself through. So I love this quote. I read it almost daily. Well, thanks for sharing that profound thought with us. I completely agree that the relationship between a coach and a mentee and a coach 
and a learner is definitely unique in the sense that there has to be a level of trust between both individuals. Uh, and like you mentioned, when a person says, come to the edge, the mentee or the learner has to come to the edge and trust that he or she will not fall, but will only learn to fly. So thanks for that. My pleasure. And with that in mind, let us begin today's show. So, Eric, do you like participating or conducting workshops or retreats once in a while? I do. I just did my first one. Um, we have, it's called Meetup. Mm -hmm. And I created a, a meetup group uh, about intuition. Yeah. And so I hosted my first one a couple of weeks ago. I had eight people show up and it was uh, it was very powerful. It w and it was fun to share kind of the lessons that I'm encountered over the my years and, and what i bring to my coaching practice and uh it was it was just a great experience i loved it well that's awesome i really love the resource meetup uh, the website because within a fraction of a minute you can actually get to know uh people who are in the same community like-minded individuals and like you mentioned you conducted a meetup and i'm sure a lot of people must have found you through that route and then gotten to know so much more about what you have to offer so let's just say you're at a health retreat somewhere among the mountains and someone asks you eric what is the main focus at this point in your life what would you tell them that's easy right now it is becoming very deeply rooted in the heart to live breathe and see through your heart because everybody tends to be stuck in their head. And when you can pull yourself and really breathe and, and just live in the heart and be the light that we all are, that that's where I'm focused. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks a lot for allowing us to get to know you better. So Eric, let's move on to a topic that is integral to our show. That is the chakras. Since you've explored and studied Eastern religions, you might be able to relate. So for those listening, chakras are energy centers within the body that correspond to major nerve ganglia and bodily processes such as breathing, digestion and procreation. And we have seven main chakras. And while they don't exist within the physical body, they have a significant effect on our health. So Eric, could you tell us a bit about the significance of chakras in your practice? Yes, it's it's a barometer for me because I, I do use my chakras daily. I meditate every morning and I'm able to feel the kundalini from the base chakra go through my head. So how I use it is when I'm deep in meditation and I'm at that place where I'm ready to drop in a question or if I'm working on something, when I drop that in and I feel you know the, the tingly energy in my body and, and the energy shoot from the base chakra through out top into the universe, I know I'm in alignment with what I'm asking. Sometimes it takes weeks, days, but uh, you know, then there's other times where I'm, I'm working on something in my meditation. I drop it in and I, maybe it goes up kind of like, you know, hitting a hammer and then to make the bell go up. It only goes up maybe halfway or I, it stops at the third chakra. So I know what each chakra represents. So I got some work to do. And it, while I'm in my meditation, I shower that spot with love, with light, with energy healing. And I keep working on that kundalini energy builds up i feel it shaking in my body and it shoots out of the top of my head and i know okay now i'm i'm in, I'm in alignment with it so that's how i use chakras mm -hmm. thanks a lot for sharing i love that you share that it's like a barometer to allow you to gauge your life experience and the fact that it's not the same 
experience every time but it sort of gives you an idea of where you're at uh, and then sort of allows you to take actions towards where you want to be uh, thanks a lot for sharing mm-hmm. and quite frankly i think the term chakra has been around for so many years thousands of years in fact these chakras help us strengthen our life force also known as prana uh, in ancient indian tradition chi according to chinese customs and the christians refer to it as holy spirit so thanks a lot for that wonderful explanation my pleasure So Eric you help people get to clarity and live in a flow state where they can tap into their own intuition. So what are some of the characteristics of a flow state? To me so when you're in a flow state you kind of you're not stuck in your head you're not thinking about this that or the other thing that you've just kind of realized that internal GPS that kind of guides you like for instance you don't think about heel toe heel toe you're not thinking about each step you take i mean that so ingrained it's allowing that you trust that an internal gps is is on it's working and that you're just completely know that the next step you take the next thing you do is unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to and so when you're in that flow state you you can really tap into that still small voice where you know should i do this you know you might ask yourself that question you quiet down and in that flow state you just you kind of know okay this is the way i need to go this is where i need to go you know i need to call this person now you know and and maybe need to look at this relationship you know maybe this relationship is not healthy and you just kind of get you get this message and so many people kind of hear it but they push it away cuz they're scared and they get stuck in their head and and then they they may hear it and then they they want to just ooh it's scary and they kind of oh, okay i'm not going to listen to it so when you're in that flow state you really just trust that voice is something larger and that that it's you know okay i'm going to do this and i'm okay you know i'm okay and when you can really start tapping into that deeper level it comes through stronger and stronger so i mean that to me that's the flow state when when you know that you just you've got that voice that still small voice in the back of your head you feel it in your gut you're living in your heart and you just know everything's just moving in the right direction Well thanks a lot for that explanation from what you say it seems like being of in a flow state is like having an internal gps that sort of guides you uh, as to what is that next step that you can take and it's so true that people who might be new to intuition or might have that inner voice they might hear it but that voice uh, might say something that they either are not expecting or like you mentioned like it's scary and so they just push it at the back of the mind they don't listen to it they don't pay heed to it so it's so profound that's true i mean even with some of my clients you know when i'm talking to them and you know we're in a session they go they tell me about an experience like and what did you do about that i pushed it away i was scared you know they'll tell me that you know so we work on you know learning to trust that learning to get out of your head you know one of the things you know, about clarity is understanding that 100% of your felt experience comes from your thinking So when you're stuck in your head and you start you start to have these feelings and these feelings turn into beliefs and it really clouds that connection to that deeper you know divine connection to something greater than than who you are which we all are love and light of the universe and hearing that voice so well now that we have a better understanding of what exactly a flow state is uh, I'm, i'm a bit curious what is the process behind achieving that particular flow state and tapping into your intuition so how does one go about it so when i'm coaching somebody it's just a lot of questions 
where I start to peel back, like, you know, I, I kind of get a feel for where they're at. And I kind of understand, you know, some people are pleasers. They want to make sure everybody likes them or whatever. So you just, you learn where their connections are. You learn where their attachments are. And then you try to, you know, like I said, I, I shine the light on people. So what I do is I make them aware of that they're a beacon. They're a beacon of light. And it's how, what wattage is their light bulb? And what's the energy that's coming out of their beacon? So if somebody's really stuck in a certain place, you know, what, what we do is we work around get, having them get understanding of what that energy beacon is. Is it light? Is it dark? What shape is it? What's the feeling of it? And then start peeling back. Where is that connection coming from? Sometimes we, we have to go back, you know, in, in, in their past to find out some patterns that were going on that has caused them to, to be really deeply rooted in something that's blocking them. But what happens is, you know, you get, it may be a very dark energy and it may be a very dim light and you get these people to start to kind of see where they're connected. And what we work on is just kind of, I give them practices that, you know, journaling and meditations and things to do. And slowly they get clarity, more clarity, more clarity. And guess what? That energy turns to a very light, bright light and energy. You know, the light bulb changes from a very dim light bulb to a bright light bulb. And I tell them, as you shift, people around you shift. I, one of my clients just shared with me, he's like, you know, my fiance was talking about how much I've changed and how she feels better. And, that, and, and that's the process. As you change and as you energy changes and your light changes, people around you change. So that's what I work on with my, with my clients. Mm -hmm. I really like that you mentioned that it happens one layer at a time. And actually, many of our guests have shared something very similar uh, in fact, one of our guests said that life is like an onion, you know, That's, and through questions and through exercises and, and through activities, like you mentioned, that guest as well peels one layer at a time for the person who's being healed so that they become aware of themselves in a, in a better way, one layer at a time and help themselves understand how to make sense of that voice within and like you mentioned, whether the light is dim or whether it's bright, I guess there's definitely a process behind uh, how this transition happens. Yeah. So, for instance, there was a, just recently I had a client that had felt he wasn't significant, felt very insignificant. So I threw out all these scenarios for him where I said, if there was starving people next to you and you handed them an apple, you wouldn't feel significant. He's like, nope. So I said, oh, we got work to do. And I gave him a bunch of exercises to work on to get him to feel significant. So when he came back to the next session, he's like, I feel significant. I'm like, what? He's like, I feel significant. And he had done all this work, this deep inner work, and it just helped him tap into the fact that he was significant. I mean, he hated his job and he came back. I love my job. I know I'm significant at my job. So, you know, not that it happens that quick, but this client of mine really wants to change. So he took a lot of work in that week and that's how quick things can turn around. So I, I wanted to share that. Well, thanks a lot. I sort of appreciate the fact that you shared the story because it relates to the interconnectedness of things through uh, some exercises and some activities that you shared that had an effect on how he perceives his job as well. He started enjoying his job. And uh, I also recall that you mentioned that he wanted to change. And I think that's critical because at the end of the day, it uh, really depends on the intention of the person being healed as well. Am I correct? Absolutely. And in coaching and basically anything you do, you got to be 100% committed. You really got to want to change. You know, sometimes, you know, in any healing practice, being a coach or whatever, I mean, 
you may throw out a fee and they're going to go, ooh, okay, let me think about it. Do you want the healing? Do you want the change? Do you want to dive in? Then you you got to have some skin in the game, as they say. You, you got to want to take the plunge and be 100% committed. And you're not going to be 100% committed if you don't, you know, jump in. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned to me a while back that you had a flotation tank for a few years. Yes. And you studied astral travel as well. So, for the benefit of our audience, what is flotation? And is that related to astral travel? Do you still practice them? If you could also elaborate on that. Yeah. So, there was a movie. It was about Ted Lilly, who was the kind of author and father of flotation tank, isolation tank. And we watched this. My brother and I watched this movie. And what it does is you're in salt water above your ears. So it's okay. absolute darkness, and there's really no sound other than your eyes blinking, your heart beating, and your mind. So we went and found a place in Chicago where I live, and we did it for like six months, and we went and bought one. And uh, it was just talk about meditation on steroids. I mean, it, you when you really get deep, I mean, and you're in that dark space with absolute silence, I mean, you get some profound, profound deepness. I mean, there was one time I floated for over two hours. And wow. when I was done, I sat in my living room, basically for like four hours in absolute bliss, complete silence. I mean, it was an amazing experience. And that's what floating did. I haven't done it in a while, but um, there's a new tank out mm-hmm. that some guy just uh, made that's very inexpensive. I mean, you can get a whole float tank for about $1,800. So I am actually going to get another float tank because it was, it's such an amazing experience. And astral travel is kind of, there's lucid dreaming where you come awake in a dream. Okay. Astral travel is more, you are awake but you, you have the feeling that you, you're present as that your energy body kind of leaves your body. So you are aware that you like you're in your room and you can actually see yourself lying down on your bed. And, um, you know, I've done it probably a dozen times. I don't actively practice it too much anymore. Um, but there are times where it just happens. I get the whole vibe. It's called the vibration state where your whole body starts to vibrate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I'm spinning like a, like a, animal on a spit uh, you know and i'm just all of a sudden i feel my whole body and then it's like whoosh, you come out and sometimes just a brief kind of you know you in your room and you're like oh wow i've left my body you know <laughs> and then and if you don't get too, if you don't get too scared you go as fast as you think I mean, you may think of your friend who lives in colorado and boom you're in colorado and you're in his room because you've been there before and you recognize it and you're present and so it, it is a very very powerful experience yeah not for the faint of heart. Yeah, those sound like really exciting experiences to have. And you mentioned it's obviously not for the faint of heart. So for the benefit of our audience, are there certain things to keep in mind before getting into either astral travel or flotation that you would like to share? Yeah, so I mean, both of those, I mean, you really have to kind of be prepared to face like, I don't want to say fear, but I mean, like really get like, in the moment. I mean, like when you're in the tank, some people, like when I had our tank, when you have friends come over, some people were out in five minutes because you, you're, you're stuck with yourself. Mm. So if you really want to get quiet and you want to get deep, floating is fantastic. I mean, it's like bliss because you just, when you can get the mind to stop chattering, be prepared to just face this incredible deep 
quietness and just calm at a level that you've never felt before. And astral travel is even a next step further that just be really prepared. I mean, do a lot of research, a lot of reading, you know, maybe even go to a workshop or something because it's it can be a pretty intense experience without question. So, uh, but uh, but quite an amazing experience. There are some books out there that I've read that I read in a day and, and absolutely amazing, mm. absolutely amazing stuff. And you have to have an open mind too, because some people think you're, yeah. you're nuts and you know, but yeah. <laughs> there, there's enough literature and experiences of what people have done that have proven it. And it's really, really amazing stuff. Well, thanks for sharing. And uh, listeners, as uh, Eric shared before you, embark into such a practice it just makes sense to do a lot of research go to workshops do some reading meet like-minded people and try to get a coach or an expert who has already done that for a couple of years so that you do not have to go through that learning curve and then you'll have a good experience as well so eric i'm curious uh, what were you doing before you became a spiritual life coach tell us the story behind that so like i said earlier you know, in my introduction, there was always this pull for me to kind of serve and help people. So, you know, I had these experiences and I went to college to be, I studied sociology of health and aging. And um, I was getting ready to go for my master's degree to become a social worker. And the universe pulled me back. I didn't do it. There was something, some reason why, but I didn't do it. So I kind of just pushing my, you know, that was, that was 21, I'm 50. So 29 years later, you know, it, 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 maybe it wasn't right then. It just all of a sudden, you know, you, if you like the whole thing about taking that next step, you know, maybe it wasn't time for that step, but it took me 29 years to get to the step that brought me to being a life coach. You know, and I've basically just, I've been in, in sales all my life because I've, I love connecting with people, which is, you know, everything that about sales is really, is, has been a great tool for me to be a life coach because I connect with people. I make these deep, deep connections. I don't really sell my product. You know, I, I just connect with these people on a deeper level and you create this trust and this intimacy with them. And then they just want to buy from you. You know, I had one of my customers tell me, you know, I don't buy your product, Eric. I buy Eric Luzak, you know? So, I mean, so it's really been a training ground for me to be the coach that I am today because it becomes very natural to be a coach on a, just a much deeper level. Confucius once said that when it's obvious that the goals cannot be reached, don't adjust the goals, just adjust the action steps. And it seems like you not only had a goal, even like 29 years back, but you had a robust action plan. At some point, you made, took certain actions, you met certain people, and those actions really helped to get to where you are today. Is that correct? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I like that you mentioned that the universe has its own plan for you. And it sort of reminds me of the Steve Jobs quote, which says that you can only connect the dots looking backwards. And even the fact that you were in sales, that experience has really helped you because your clients do not look at you as someone who's selling the product, but they, they like the experience that you are able to provide them. And they buy the service just because you uh, are associated with it. And that's that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing. My pleasure. Now, this flow state seems like a goal to work towards because irrespective of whether a person is in business, is in school, or pursuing a job, a state of flow can help the person achieve so much more 
in a given period of time so let's assume that a person listening to the show right now has decided to embark on a journey of getting to clarity and living in their flow state what are certain benefits that this person could obtain from getting coaching or training in this area now if you could break down these benefits into short term and then the long term basis okay so if you were going to go hire a coach like me personally most coaches 6 month is the minimum because you know short term would be 6 months long term some some clients i've been doing long enough but some clients are with their coach for 5 6 7 years so short term is you know most people like to get in that flow state we're all in that comfy warm feeling of our comfort zone and that, and that feels it's safe it's warm you know it's just nobody likes to step out of it because it just it, it's comfortable And that's why it's called the comfort zone. I, I always draw a diagram for my clients. It's a circle with a CZ comfort zone, and it's it's the process of drawing a circle around that very tight circle around that. And you're going to write, you know, A over here, B, whatever your point is. But if you keep drawing these circles, slowly tight circles. Guess what? After a while, you're eventually going to hit that other circle that's with the A or the B in there. So it's working with the coach. The short term is this learning how to break through. that comfort zone and taking that small step and each step builds on top of it you can imagine it going up or just across on a path i mean i like to use the, the the path analogy you know stay on the path one step at a time because as each too many people want to jump to to a or b right away but it's the work from a to b from the comfort zone to where your goal you've set and guess what that's why you have to stay like the short term with a coach for at least 6 months it's because you know you may start out on the path going this direction but there may be an insight or or something that comes up you may want to be a life coach yourself but end up you know you really want to create soap I, you know i'm just throwing that out there but i mean you might come to the conclusion that well maybe i really don't want to be this i might want to so you may take a course correction and then oh wow then it just opens up just more stuff so then when you like the 6 month is the short term if you go long term You know, now all of a sudden you're creating this life that you're living in this flow state and you're seeing and understanding how when you tap into this deeper wisdom, this inner guidance, this GPS that we all have, that there's so much more to life that you can just keep creating. So the long term would be staying with the life coach would be just constant creation. Okay, now I got this business. I got this idea for this. You know, maybe you start a second business. You know, maybe you start a third business. But or maybe you just, you know, I've always wanted to you know go see the wall of china or something and you never had the means to but now you you can create steps you can create a life where you can do the things you want and that's you know the long term of coaching would be why you keep re-upping with your coach would be like okay i've created this amazing things in this period of time i want to keep creating so that so that's where you know you have a short term and a long term the short term if you do a good job and if you really shine the light for somebody most likely they're going to re-sign up and and keep going you know and and, and me personally I'll never be without a life coach cuz they're just an amazing tool to continue your growth to continue to push yourself and to continue to tap into their ability to shine the light back on you well I'm really glad that you shared that exercise that you do with your clients about drawing those circles time and again until you reach the other circle in in other words you 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 sort of articulated the difference between being or staying in the comfort zone and then breaking through it to reach your peak potential and it sort of reminds me of the book called the compound effect by Darren Hardy and he says that it's not the big things that add up in the end it's the hundreds thousands or millions of little things that separate the ordinary 
from the extraordinary. So listeners, when you want to achieve something worth remembering, something massive, then you need to make practice a habit. Of course, you will see the results after one, two, three sessions, maybe up to six months. That is in the short term, as uh, Eric mentioned. But the real benefit is something that you will see over a long term when you become the creator that you were meant to be creating businesses, creating ideas, or creating services. So thanks a lot for that insight, Eric. Well, my pleasure. Now, Eric, I know that uh, we've discussed some great benefits of getting into a flow state and, and, and that's really wonderful. But let's face it, there's nothing more inspiring than a real life example. So what is your biggest and most inspiring client success story to date? I'm going to share something that was shared with me today. So one of my clients referred another client to me and um, she's a dentist and they actually used to be friends and lived in the same town. My one client moved away that referred her, and they happened to be in the same town again. She, she came back to visit, and she sent me a text today, and she said, your voice was so present last night that we talked about you the whole evening and how much change you've brought to all of our lives. And Emily is the dentist coach that she referred me to. She said, Emily, would, I caught Emily going, oh, this is what Eric would say. And she goes, I want you to know that we're so grateful for you and the changes you brought to our lives. So to me, it was two of my clients together saying those words. I mean, it was emotional. I was a little choked up. I mean, I was just reading a text. But I mean, that's, you know, for, for a life coach, that's powerful. Because to, to, I didn't do any of the work. They did it all. And that they spent the evening uh, reflecting on things that I've, you know, helped shine the light on for them is pretty amazing. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for that story. And it's really interesting that uh, they used the phrase, this is what Eric would say. And that's really powerful because it shows that they have uh, developed a strong bond with you over multiple sessions. And in that process, they have developed a second nature, uh, so sort of uh, in terms of thinking, just like you would. And that's powerful, sort of speaks to what you shared earlier of uh, your client's creating something and then wanting to create something more and thinking positive as well. So thanks for sharing. Sure. Yes. Now, Eric, at this stage of our show, I usually ask our guests to share one health tip, something simple and small that a person can try immediately to improve his or her health. So uh, what is that one highly beneficial health tip or advice that you could share with our audience. Uh, just an example, one of our guests recently spoke to us about the benefits of walking barefoot on the soil or grass. Mine is was a dietary change I made. I'm sure uh, your audience has heard of Tony Robbins. I went to Unleash the Power Within in Chicago. He had a big, it was 8,000 people there. And the last day was talking about his diet and how most people have a very acidic diet and it creates a lot of problems with us. And that he eats a mostly green, natural, you know, if it's got water in it and it grew from the ground, that's what he does. And he talked about how you'll become very toxic if you do this diet, that you'll feel sick, you might even have a fever. He was, but on the other side, you will feel very, very energetic and healthy. So my family suffers from high blood pressure. Uh, I, I'm the only one that wasn't on blood pressure medicine. So it, it concerned me. So that rang true to me when I heard that. I thought, I've got to do this diet. I think I ate a very healthy diet, but I cut out all diet, dairy, all meat, and I ate just leafy green lettuce and anything that was kind of natural and grew in the ground. I lost 18 pounds. I 
was very toxic for about two weeks. But on the other side, my blood pressure today is 110 over 70. And I have so much energy. You know, they say your body's your temple. My, my temple's in solid foundation and, and clean and feels fantastic. Well, thanks a lot for that. Just to add, Tony Robbins and Les Brown are two of my top success gurus i really love listening to their videos and their audio sessions as well and although i haven't been to a tony robbins live event i'm really wanting to do do so maybe at the end of this year or maybe next year as well and thanks for reminding us of the huge benefits of having green natural and healthy foods as well thank you oh yes it's it's key it totally changed my life without question Thanks a lot. So Martin Luther King Jr. said that the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And this is going to be the central theme for the next phase of our show, which is all about a major challenge or a learning moment. So Eric, tell us about a time when you were faced by a major challenge or a barrier. Take us to that moment and tell us what you were feeling at that very instant, and then how did you approach that particular challenge? All right, I'm going to get personal here. I was married for 10 years, and the moment I realized I was going to be divorced was without question the lowest point of my life. It, I never thought I'd be there, and it was just devastating to me. And I'm very close with my family, and my brother had seen a very spiritual therapist, and he recommended her to me. So I went. At that moment, I knew I needed to, to get help and to just really understand how this was going to affect me. And this woman was an amazing woman. She's like, I can do a traditional therapy or we can do something very spiritual. And I said, I raised my hand and said, you got the right guy. I'm very spiritual. We did some amazing, amazing work together. Like she said, she goes, a lot of people have life challenges that hit them upside the head, like a two by four, which had lost a job, divorce, you know, a health challenge and people just run and other people want to take the bull by the horns and change. And that's what I did. I worked on all the issues to get me clear of, you know, being okay with the divorce. And then I worked on understanding I was kind of fractured and that I healed a lot of parts of myself. I worked on, you know, some issues with my mom and dad. And I just really cleared out all this baggage. I call it my bag of shadows. I, I just kind of emptied my bag of shadows. And it was just an amazing, amazing experience. And what it brought to me was like, you know, the whole thing about clarity is like it's an inside-out understanding of life. I was living an outside-in. I needed something to make me happy. So what that challenge brought to me and working with this spiritual um, therapist was that your happiness comes from within. You don't need anything to make you happy. And when, I, when that rooted and taken, took hold, that's when it reignited this whole passion about, you know, I've got to find my passion. I've got to find what my gift to the world is and, and uh, I searched and you know it was about six years ago and you know I, and the whole life coaching thing was knocking and knocking and I tried a couple different things and but it, it was me understanding that my own happiness my own peace came from within not from anywhere else but from within and that was a very powerful lesson so looking back now what is that one major life lesson you would want our listeners to take away from your story I think if you're faced with like, a, you know, I shared my divorce uh, or a barrier, as you stated, or something that, you know, back to the whole clarity piece that 100% of your felt experience comes from your thinking. It's kind of hard to do it on your own sometimes, but to, to maybe take that step to 
see a therapist, hire a coach, go see an energy healer, but to just really look at, I like to say, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. So what, what's the gift? What's, what's the lesson there? Because that challenge, that bear that's shown up is a mirror to look in t- deep inside your soul and find out what is it showing me? What can I learn from it? And how can I take that next step to walk past it, learn from it, and put it behind me? So first off, thank you for sharing your precious life lessons with us and allowing us to learn from your experiences. I know going back to a moment of challenge is never easy, but because you did, our listeners will have one more reason to rise to the occasion, look at the broader picture, and take action. So thanks a lot. Great. No, I'm happy to do do that. With that, we are now moving on to the next portion of our show, which is all about finding your true calling or your true purpose. Because in life, the darkest hour of the night comes just before the dawn, the dawn of finding your true calling. So listeners, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines a calling as a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. So my question to you, Eric, have you found your calling? If yes, what is your calling? I have, and it's life coaching. It's connecting on a deeper level with somebody and to just shine that light onto them. And to to have them kind of, like I said, shine their own light into their little dark corners and their nooks and crannies that they kind of stay away from. And to change the beacon, to put a brighter bulb in there, to change the energy. And I sometimes I pinch myself that, you know, I'm being paid to do this because it's such a wonderful, wonderful experience. I love when I hang up on a call with somebody, it is just so fulfilling and so rewarding. I like to say I found home, you know. I found home. Wonderful. So based on what we discussed and what you shared right now, life is about cherishing those magical moments when destiny comes knocking at your door. That one job, that one client, that one call, as you mentioned, and that one decision that can change your life. So what is that one moment that you can share with our listeners beyond which you knew without a doubt that this is what you were meant to do? You know, it, it was... I. I'm trying to think what the, there's so many moments. I think when I signed up for coaching school and I did it, you know, I had played around, I'd called some coaches, I had the free session, I called some schools to find out how much it was. And, you know, I hired my own coach and that was, he was the driving force to do it. And I, and I did it. I called up, I pulled out my checkbook, I wrote the check, I got the email and I'm like, I've arrived, I've done it. And that, that, to me, you know, that was a culmination of so many years. And, and, it, and it, like you said, that one step, you know, I, I had taken the little baby step and jumped right back into the comfort zone. And when I broke through and I mailed the check and I got the email that I was enrolled, that was, I had arrived. I was a life coach. Even though I just started school, I mean, I, I was a life coach. That was an amazing moment for me. Amazing. Thanks a lot for sharing that. All right, Eric, we've now reached the final round which is called the wisdom round, where I will ask you a series of questions and you will respond with nuggets of wisdom, just like in a rapid fire round. The result of this round are loads of actionable insights for our listeners to get inspired and take action right away. So Eric, are you ready? I am ready. So what is the best advice that you have ever received? 
to me, once again, I was recently with my coach and I was kind of stuck a little bit about kind of taking the next step. And I told him, I'm afraid I'm fearful. And he said, fear is you just drove off the side of the road and you're about ready to plunge into the ocean. That's fear. He goes, what you have is your walls of protection. You have to knock down your walls of protection. And that hit an emotional center in me that I, I lost it. I was sobbing and there was about three minutes of silence until I took myself. But that advice really, really, really just is all about coaching, all about what launched me forward to really just kind of break through all those barriers was like, we all have our walls of protection. And those walls of protection is what is in that circle I talked about, the CZ, those walls of protection keeps you inside your comfort zone. And it's if you're willing and ready to knock down those walls of protection and step out of that comfort zone, you're on the way to an extraordinary life. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. In fact, it reminds me of nature. Nature sometimes is funny because as living beings, nature has this natural mechanism of protection to keep us safe and to keep us away from harm. But that same protection mechanism sometimes prevents us from growing as you shared right now. And it takes the expertise, the wisdom and the knowledge of a coach, of an expert to, to sort of look at your life and say, you know what, this is your wall of protection and this is what is preventing you from taking action and from crossing that universal challenge line, as I heard one of the experts put it, once you cross your universal challenge line, once you break down your walls of protection, that's when you see results. So thanks for sharing. Sure. And now we know that great habits can change your life. So if you are to recommend a personal habit that contributes to your well-being, what would it be? That is easy. Meditation. Meditation is the key to quieting the mind, to tapping into that flow state, to really disengage from your thinking. Because remember, 100% of your felt experience comes from your thinking. So to just get in that really quiet space, to start your day with meditation radically changes the way your day unfolds. If you if you do a meditation practice, try not meditating for a couple of days and, and notice the difference. It is by far the key. Because if you're going to work with a coach, you're going to have to do some deep interpersonal work and you're going to have to start meditating, journaling, you know, but you have to get deep and tap into that much deeper place. And, the, and then and meditation is the key. So for people who want to get into a practice of meditation but haven't really meditated before and i know it can be challenging because the expectation normally that is set up is like you need to meditate for 15 20 30 minutes just like probably people who are more experienced in meditation do so what is it one step that you would suggest for these people who are trying meditation for the very first time what would you ask them to do very simple breathe that to this day my meditation is following my breathing that thought's going to take you away, but I always come back to my breathing. You get to a point where all of a sudden then you are just breath. And then your thought may take you away, but then to when you know when you really kind of got in a deep place, is like, whew, you're just breath. You know, sometimes when I'm stressed out or if I'm driving or if I'm in a meeting, you know, or whatever, I remember the thought pops in my head, just breathe. And it just takes you to that place where if you meditate, you'll get to that mindset of when you are in that deep space. So just remember to breathe. And sometimes just take two minutes, one minute, I mean, 30 seconds, and just count 10 breaths. And, and that could be the start of your meditation practice. 
Well, thanks a lot for sharing that advice. I think sometimes the most simple of advice can be the most powerful. And I recall my yoga practitioner uh, once saying that if you, if there's just one thing that you remember out of learning yoga, that would be to just breathe, as you rightly put it right now. So thanks. Sure. So Eric, could you describe the first two hours of your day? What is your morning ritual like? <laughs> That's funny because. I actually meditate for about an hour every morning. So my first hour is meditation. I have a meditation chair because I'm 50. So it's got a back on it. So I get in there. I have a pillow under my legs. I really meditate for an hour. And it's funny because I have like an internal clock. I kind of know when, because I get up a little before five. So I meditate from five to six. And it's kind of like, boom, I know when six o'clock is. And then I, I write because I do a blog. I do some journaling. So like the next half an hour, 40 minutes, I write, you know, and then I have kids. So then it's kind of more um, just getting myself prepared and ready to get everybody moving in the right direction. But the meditation and the, and the writing really helps ground me in this kind of quiet, mindful place. And, and it makes my day go fantastic. Wonderful. I love how our questions today are tying into one another. So our next question is, uh, because finding and reading the right book can be life-changing. If you could recommend one book that changed your life, what would it be? I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I got a couple of different books. So I'm going to throw at you real quick. So if, if you're in, yeah, sure. If you're into like something really far out but absolutely amazing and mind-expanding, it's called Encounter with Star People by Artie Sixkiller Clark: Untold Stories of Alien Encounters. She's a Native American. She's a professor at University of New Mexico. Mm -hmm. She went around to her Native culture because she heard all these stories about aliens and things like that. They're just beautiful stories. Believe them or not, absolutely amazing stuff. Couldn't put the book down, read it in one sitting. Absolutely amazing. If you're into some plant medicine and some plant healing, Ayahuasca in My Blood by Peter Gorman and Black Smoke healing and ayahuasca shamanism in the Amazon jungle. There's a ton more, but those books really were amazing. The Black Smoke book was a woman who was a professor, I believe, got diagnosed with breast cancer. Somebody told her about the jungle and ayahuasca, spent six months in there doing these ceremonies, came back, went to her doctor, completely healed from cancer. So wow. amazing books. Once again, books that could barely put down, finished in one or two sittings. And lastly, uh, it's a book called Clarity. Clear Mind, Better Performance, Bigger Results by Jamie Smart. I read it because of coaching, but anybody can read it because it really kind of shows you a way to clarity. It's a fantastic book. It's got exercises in it. I know you said one, but those books are just fantastic. <laughs> well, just this just goes to prove that all the listeners, I mean, all the guests that we have on our show are all about giving because it happens on many occasions. I ask one book, what we get three amazing insightful and really interesting uh, books for our listeners to read so thanks a lot and listeners you can find links to all the resources that we discuss about in the show notes so eric i've truly enjoyed chatting with you today before you go tell us one thing that you're really grateful for today tell us the best way we can find you and then we'll say goodbye you know, gratitude is a big part of my meditation. So to me, I wake up and I'm grateful for another beautiful day, even if it's raining out or whatever, to take that next breath. Um, today, I got to spend time with my kids kind of running around. So I'm grateful just basically for almost every moment. And you can find me at www.ericluzak.com. 
com. Perfect. So for the benefit of our guests, could you kindly spell the website name? Absolutely. E-R-I-C-L-U-C-Z as in zebra, A-K. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you so much. Eric, thank you for coming to our show today and taking our listeners one step closer to a human revolution. I really appreciate you having me on. It has been an absolute uh, pleasure of mine. Thank you. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.